on there. We've got some good ones today. Of course, Ken Rosenthal coming on. Ian Happ coming off the fresh contract extension. The new shortstop of the Atlanta Braves, Vaughn Grissom. And our guest host. But really not a guest host anymore, Kip. Like Number you're two. You're a regular part of the roster. So Number I saw two. You jump in there a little bit. And your favorite guest. No, you're you're our favorite regular host. Now I appreciate that. Here. You guys are so welcoming. <laughs> How was your first uh, show the other day? Did you get any feedback from family, friends, anyone else? They enjoyed it. No, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I I probably did a bad job. I think I underestimated the amount of work that goes into it. Uh, <laughs> but you guys, honestly, I can ride your guys' coattails with how good of a job you guys do. So that was fun for me. What's the hardest part of the prep? Uh being on time in the morning to the meeting. <laughs> but you were on time as a player, right? You weren't Yeah, I fine, wasn't right? happy about it, but those mornings come fast for me sometimes. <laughs> Even after my career, they're still coming fast. True. And this isn't a night game. I mean, this is a day. True. It's not a morning game. It's an, it's an afternoon game, which is a little tougher <laughs> for you guys. Did you guys show up later to the ballpark for afternoon games? No. You showed up just the same exact time? No, I mean, it was a little wise? bit later. You couldn't. You couldn't have. Like, it was a 7 o'clock game. I was there around 1. I couldn't have shown up. Six, I would have had to show up at 6 in the morning. That's yeah. not going to work. So what time did you show up for a 1 o'clock game? It depended if I was playing or not. Yeah. If you're playing. If I was playing, I was probably there about 9. Okay. If I wasn't Pratty. playing, about 10, I guess. 8.30? I'm going to be that guy that, oh, he shows up at 9, I'm showing up at 8.30. Were you the first one? Someone's uh, got to fold the towels. I was definitely helping fold the towels. <laughs> I was like... I was like Josh Tomlin. I was one of the clubbies also. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to – I always had to show up early because it was like – because those day games were the days I played. You played a lot of Sundays, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. There you go. All right. Uh, so, half are, Rosenthal. Yeah. Kip, those were our days off, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Sundays? Did you go out on Saturday <laughs> Appreciate night? it. Go, go get them. Go get them, crap. Sometimes. Sometimes. Because you know you're not playing the next day. Well, that was, or you're not supposed I've to. I've said that was one of the great things that I about Ozzie Gian. He would tell. He would give me the whole week. So he on Sunday, we were traveling or whether we were doing on Sunday, I'd get a text from Joey Cora, and it would say, hey, you're playing da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da to next Sunday. Yep. And I would know. And then I was like, okay, I can play on my week now. Why wouldn't a manager or a coaching staff do that? What great, is the downside? Why wouldn't Panic. you allow a guy to prepare his life and how he's preparing his body? I cannot answer, but I've played for managers where I've gone to them and said, can you just please let me know if I'm playing tomorrow? And they say no. And they're like, well, I don't know yet. Uh, what, what do you mean you don't know? You're the manager. You make yeah. the lineup. Panic. Can you text me? Can you call me? Can you something me? Send an email? I don't know. I wanted to know. I wanted to know. If I could, I knew want to know a couple days ahead of time. Sometimes we'd ask a player in an interview, you know, are you playing today or are you playing tomorrow? I don't know. How do you not know? Because they don't tell you because they're bad managers. How about when I, this? I was with the Giants, 2004, Barry Bonds, mm -hmm. best hitter of all time. No one's even close. At me. I dare you. Well, there's a caveat, but okay. But I don't care time. about the ca caveat or no caveat. Yeah. There were some other guys doing the same crap, sure. and he was Fair. light years ahead of them. Yep. We'd have two lineups on a day game, one with Barry, one without Barry, <laughs> on the board. Every day. Well, day games usually. Day games. Okay. I would be in the one where Barry wasn't playing. I'd be out of the one that Barry was playing. So I had to prepare like I was playing. Barry would show up for a 1 o'clock game sometimes at like – noon and say oh i'm not playing or i am playing so then you go from zero to 60 i'm playing oh my gosh barry's not playing so i'm in there to like when you come down off an of energy drink high and you're like oh right because he was playing that seems a little late to show up to the ballpark but he could do it obviously he could you're do putting it. up but numbers imagine like, it, like crutch you, you're sitting there you're the backup catcher and you're saying okay well if barry plays I'm in there. If Barry doesn't play, I'm out. But I got to get ready like I'm playing because I just don't know until late. I mean, it happened all the time. You're just sitting there going, well, what am I doing? Yeah, I, I, I can associate it. I never had a teammate like that, but I can associate it with rain, rain delays. Everybody's looking at the weather. Ah, oh, we got to win. No, I'll oh, bang it, bang it, check out. I'll, if I'm in the game, 
I have to stay locked in. I could not turn it back on. It was – that was terrible for me. So, I'm with you, AJ. Like, hey, if Barry's if Barry's not going to want to play, I better be ready because my mind's not turning it on that fast. I'll get pissed off at somebody. <laughs> True. <laughs> Managers, he should have got to. I used to get pissed off at. But whatever. So, let's let's charge the mound. Wait, hold on. You did – what did you say? What? Oh, rain delays, too, were the worst. Yeah. Crassie's talking about rain delays. Have you ever seen the energy of when a game gets canceled? The energy you have, the whole team has. Everyone's partying. like. And then I'd go in the shower and everyone's going crazy. I'm like, hey, guys, now this same energy you have because we have this night off? Remember when we have that split one and seven day-night day, doubleheader and you guys are bitching and moaning about, oh, we got to play two games and we got this three-hour break. I'm like, remember this. Save some of this energy y'all are throwing up there. Because on the road, you get you get banged at like 6 o'clock. People are like, oh, we got dinner, we got drinks, we got everything tonight. And Don't. then you got that 1-7 doubleheader and that 4-30 when they got to sit there for an hour and a half till that 7 o'clock game. People are like, this sucks. I can't believe we got a doubleheader. I'm like, remember, you guys wanted the rain out. I'd rather – if I show up, I want to play. Screw it. I'm there. Let's go. Don't ruin our off night, you wet blanket. <laughs> we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there <laughs> yeah but see you'd be the one complaining you'd you know, be the one I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get one of those double headers off probably <laughs> so crash did you i always wanted to play the first game as a catcher i i wanted i'm like i want to play the first game especially a double header you got one and seven i'm like okay i'll play the first game because if you play the second game and as a catcher because you got to be there again like eight o'clock nine o'clock you just sit there and then it gets just like six o'clock. And you've yeah. been there already for like 10 hours and you are just exhausted. Go in the nap pod. Tried it. Doesn't help. Doesn't help. No, because you've been there so long. Everything's yeah. thrown off. And again, I would be the guy, like, so let's say Kratz caught the first game. I'd be the guy, we're losing by a run. And guess what? Go pinch hit and catch the last three innings of the game. Oh, thanks, Skip. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then go sit for two hours and get back up to play another game. That, I'll, I'll play me the first game. Let's get it over with. And then I'll can relax the second game till the seventh inning. I'd almost rather play both both ends of the doubleheader because you're you're so you're so amped and juiced playing that first game, whether it's a good game or it's not a good game. There's there's like a you know you can't you can't just take a plane off and you can't just crash a plane. Like you gotta like you gotta come down off of it. And if there you know there's not much time to be able to come down off of it, to then ramp it back up. Whether you're even playing the second game, like you still have the adrenaline of the stadium, the game, and other guys getting ready. It's it's definitely – it's a dynamic that is way, way different than any other day at the ballpark. And then the next day is most likely a day game. So you're, you're pretty exhausted after that series. All right, I'm going to charge the mound. Can I go now? Yeah. yeah, well, no, I was waiting for Kipnis to say, but he always played both games. So yeah. he doesn't have these problems. Yeah, exactly. He can't relate. So you know who's playing on Thursday? I don't want to uh, nope. I don't want to know because I know who Because I know you're gonna say. Joe Adele? Is it, why you is so it Joe Adele playing? It. Joe Adele got called up from so no, Joe Adele has eight home runs in the minor <laughs> leagues. He got called up because he was hitting eight home runs, and that's good, right? Yeah, so is Brett Beatty, and he actually did call up get called and up. And called I'll up. get nice. to him. Yeah, and Love also Kratzy, you reminded me that we are actually basically calling a game tonight on NY News TV's YouTube page. So I'm pretty excited for that. Big Yankees community. There's gonna be apparently like five hundred to a thousand people on there with us live while we're watching the Yanks play the Angels. I was hoping when we planned it, it would be an Otani game. He, of course, kind of pitched yesterday with the rain delays going on for the Angels. They did win the game, but we've got one later. So you excited for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what a marquee game. Like, this should be this should be plastered everywhere. Like, Trout, Judge, and Otani all in the same game. Oh, yeah. Anthony Rendon, too. Like, this is... And Otani absolutely smashes the Yankees. So this is, it'll be exciting. I'm, I'm juiced about it. I am too. Yeah. And I thought about actually, you're making me want to rethink my bet and maybe take the over, but we'll see. I'm, I have faith in uh, Piece of Schmidt. Piece of Schmidt tonight. <laughs> I do. I do. So we'll see what happens. Let's go back to uh, 420, a fitting day. No, nah, I don't know. For, uh, for Fernando Tatis Jr. For to drug return. use. <laughs> well, he was suspended for PEDs. Now he's coming back. He tore through the minor leagues. He, he's with the team right now. He goes to the park. 
works out with them. And then when gates open, he has to leave, which is like kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. That seems like a lot. Just put it as long as he goes inside. He can't be in the building when there's a fan in the building, but you can be in the building working out with there's the team. There's a lot of quirky Otherwise, rules about these drug stuff. That's that seems like like false hustle of a rule, but okay. Anyway, he's coming back. He's going to bat lead off. Soto two, Machado three. So Soto moves up. And why are you so awkward just, about talking? No, about it's it? fine. I'm fine. I he just, got suspended. He, he served his suspension. He now he's coming he had, back. He had the hell of a ringworm. We we know what happened. <laughs> So he gets a second chance. Yeah. And if he fails another test, he's going to miss even longer. Yeah. Otherwise, we get to see potentially what the real Tatis looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So he looks good right now in the minors. I yeah. know it's different. He's a, he's a hell of a chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, he's going to be good. He's a, listen, he's a here's talented the thing. ball He's player. a talented player. The thing to me that gets me is I understand we're a forgiving society and we're forgiving people. How quickly it's forgotten is the thing that gets me with all these guys. And again, he got the contract, and I don't know, and I can't say if he was on the drugs before the contract or not, but he got a contract that was gigantic. So what's the – why not? I signed for $300 million. I was on steroids. I got popped. Now I ain't on them, and I ain't as good. Eh, I got $270 million more coming my way. Who cares? Well, after you sign the deal, why wouldn't you just stop? Ask A-Rod. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I didn't do steroids. Use. If I did, maybe I could answer that. I don't know. Well, you there's would guys. Stop. You would, right? Like, you well, would. Kip, my, my thing is there's a lot of guys that clearly juiced. Then they sign a big deal. And then a lot of them don't stop until they're caught. They're not, they're not juicing to put up the numbers after signing the contract. That contract is their goal. They're going to stop after they get signed. Tatis did it. A-Rod did it. A- well, they were – I feel like they were doing stuff that, I don't know, was either flown past the radar for a while or something. If they if they can get away with it, if they're passing tests, which I'm sure all three of us, all four of us have heard of guys doing, uh, then there's no reason to stop. If they know they're they're doing a system, they can keep getting away with. Uh, but once you you're, – you're selling high on getting that contract – there's no, there's no real reason to keep the risk going afterwards. I agree. D. Gordon. But they still do it. Remember D. Gordon got popped? Oh, yeah. And he signed the big deal first. There's a lot of got guys. Popped. Cano. 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 That's a, that's a weird one. Yeah. yeah. Milky. That's my only Prince thing. Mr. Like the, the fan Bartolo looks at it, Cologne. right? Uh, we, can, we can have a field day with this, but Kratzy, the fan looks at it and goes, okay, as a human, you know it's not good for you. You know you could – get in trouble for it, why wouldn't you just stop when you sign a deal? And many guys don't. I think a lot of guys are riding the high of it. And it also, I've heard from some that it's not easy for them to go off. There's some guys that, that were juicing since they're kids. I mean, I can't, I can't answer to that. But I would I, – I equate it to, like, why, why go off? Because you have the contract? Like, I don't, I don't know that, like – I don't know that players necessarily say – Oh, I got my contract. Ah, now I'm good. No, then there's the pressure of, oh, I, I signed this huge contract. I have to do a certain thing. I have to be a certain type of player. And I have a hard time believing, based on talking to guys that I know that have tested positive, that it was, it was actually a mistake. And it was – now, a few guys that I played with, there was mistakes – and I, you know, talking to them, I, I believe them, but it's more of maybe, let's say a habit, like a life habit than like, if I give you, if I give you Scotty, if I give you $10 million to stop picking your, biting your fingernails, you might not be able to stop because it's a life habit. And maybe they got there with what they were taking because of taking that and they don't think they can play without it. I don't know. I totally understand that. That makes a ton of sense. Look at Scott's arms. Life habit. <laughs> I think if you got if you got away with the crime, I think you stop Press committing the crime. Home. If you map out this bank and you go and rob the bank, you're gonna stop going to the bank after you got the money. No, they don't. They keep going. Why did why do we have serial killers? They they get away with it and they're like, I can do this again. This is fun. 
and they're playing well and they get accolades. There's a whole yes. skit to it. I yes. think I think it's a mix. If yeah. I had to guess, some are doing what Kip says, How? where they juice, they get paid, production mm. drops off because they. I stopped. think it's way more guys don't stop. Guys don't stop. Way more until they way get Way more guys don't stop. Well, let me answer, let me ask you guys this because both of you guys had multi-year guaranteed contracts. What's a greater feeling? Doing good for 162 games or every day you look at your bank account like, ah, I'm good. 162. 100%. My bank account was peripheral of playing well. That's why guys don't stop. Exactly. I said that. It's fair. I said that. I know that. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm saying. (laughs) I'm like, I said that. That makes sense. That's why guys don't. It's a feeling. It's a. It's a, I need this to play well, and I like playing well, and I like getting cheered by the fans. Or even well, this, Scotty. Keep... Or even this, Scotty. What, how do you feel? How do your biceps feel after you don't lift for two weeks? Two after days. you had the Zika virus or whatever you had. Abs- I feel like Gumby. I feel like okay. I'm melting. So now all of a sudden, you got this Superman feeling, and then you're like, I'm going to stop. Look, <laughs> like... You don't yeah. have that superpower no more. Like, you're not going up. That's that's ha- that's more than half of the game is confidence. That's why Tatis is hitting dingers against the guys in the bushes because it's confidence. Now he's going to come up to the show and he's going to get to see this zip, and then they're going to bring in a guy to get Tatis out, and they're going to see this, and it's going to be a little bit different. And you know what? The dude's got to stay healthy. Like, we get to see, are we going to constantly say, like, oh, here's the real Tatis. Like, play a full season. We'll see the real Tatis. Yeah, he's been hurt a lot. Stay off motorcycles. Yeah. He has a rash of bad decisions. They've had personality issues there. Character issues. He needs a mentor. He makes makes a lot of bad decisions. That's my thing. They're self-inflicted. Right. And and. Kip, Ring, hold on. Ringworm what? is not self-inflicted, Kip. Okay. Fair. If you're walking through this puddle and you get ringworm on your foot, and then you take something to get rid of it, that is not self-inflicted. I will argue that till the day I die. <laughs> Can we argue if that actually happened? Nope, because he said it in the <laughs> press conference. <laughs> I challenge that. That's a hell of a case of ringworm. Daddy's <laughs> going to the. He's going to the challenge flag. Yeah, I'm throwing my challenge flag. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my thing also is, Kip, if Kratzy's paying me 10 million bucks not to bite my nails anymore, I'm hiring someone for 200 grand a year to make sure I don't freaking do it. So my thing with someone like Tatis is have more positive influences around you, even if it needs to be someone that's around you every day. Now, this is a little bit of a different case, but if you remember substance abuse issues for Josh Hamilton for years, at one point, they put him with who? Jerry Naren, I believe, or somebody. There was somebody that was with him literally every second because he Dude, has days. addiction issues. And it did work for a while where someone had to be with him 24-7. But it did not only keep him on the field, but but keep him healthy and, and in a better situation, obviously. Texas used to – because he went to Anaheim in 2013. I was in Texas in 2013. So I got to hear a lot of the Josh Hamilton stories. They would give him enough money. every Now, this is an everyday thing. Think about this. He could only drive from his – they knew the exact mileage from his house to the ballpark. They'd give him enough money to fill up his gas tank. He could drive to the ballpark. Then he would – he had enough money to hand to the clubhouse guy. They'd take his car, get gas, enough gas to where he could get home. And that's it. And that was every day. Why not have a driver? Why even do that? I don't know. But that was was how they made sure he didn't deviate. Yes. He could only go from A to B, and he had just enough gas – like say it was 2.7 gallons and it was $7. They'd give him $7. Here you go. To get to the park and then someone go get put $7 more. And then every every single home game. That makes sense. I mean, that that's it's dedication. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. Self-choice, tough disease. Hamilton, tough disease that yes. he's going to battle true, his entire true. life. Tatis. Got to make better choices. Not twisting it at all. Agree. Agree. My point is, yeah, no. My point is, there are you can surround him with people to help him. Yes, with his Nick Markakis choices. I played with Nick Markakis in Atlanta. He had a guy that went with him everywhere. Mm-hmm. He was his guy. It was Andrew. I don't know, Andrew. He was there, he, like an assistant, and but he was with him twenty four hours a day. Yep. 
everywhere he went on the road at home, Andrew was there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Nick, dude, what's going on? He's like, he just helps me. He just helps me. And I'm like, cool. Didn't want to press anything. Don't know. Don't care what else, but never got in trouble. Never was, did anything. Just always with Andrew. Yep. And then Bud Norris came along and saw that. And Bud's like, well, I need a guy. You need an Andrew. And we're like, why do you need a guy, bud? He's Executive like, because Narcacus has one, so I need one. <laughs> bud Norris, first big league hit. Thanks, buddy. Cut oh, it away. There you go. All right. We'll talk more about the Padres the next couple of days, too, including how the team might look differently with Tatis. Because actually, they could do some offense right now. And we'll get into it with Ken Rosenthal soon as well. Next up. Some sports media news. So Andrew Marchand covered this in the New York Post. Players like Aaron Judge or Martin Maldonado most recently doing in-game interviews or getting mic'd up are getting paid. Shocker. I mean, yes, you and me are like, yeah, duh. We know they're getting paid, but most people don't. So it's worth pointing out to everyone else. They get 10K per interview appearance in a game. It's like, hey, do you want to get mic'd up or do an interview in-game? We'll give you 10 grand. And it's not coming from the networks. So ESPN, Fox, TBS, Apple, Peacock, et cetera. This is a league and a union thing from their joint pot that they have saying, we want to do this more. Fans like this. So here's your 10 G's to do this. And they have to come up with a number that's enticing. So did you guys know this? Crowds, Kip? Nope. No, you say like it's a no dub, but uh, if you did an ESPN interview, from my understanding, back when we played, it was just, hey, this is good for your exposure. You're not getting paid. So no, actually, I, I enjoy hearing that they're going to get paid now. Mm-hmm. No, they, they started, I think, last year. They've been getting paid. Yes. They, I think they good. started this last year was the first time I ever heard about it because I, I remember doing a Fox game and we mic'd somebody up during the game and I said, man, a lot of these guys are doing this now. And I forget, somebody said, well, they're getting 10 grand. And I'm like, Exactly. Say, what? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make ten, sense. I'm like, though. can I get a microphone and get the extra ten grand? And they, uh, you do get a microphone. Well, I know, but when I was playing, because I, <laughs> but, I'm, but I, what I'm saying is, ten grand. I mean, people are like, ah, ten grand is not a lot. These ten grand is a lot. I don't care who you are. Ten grand yeah. is a lot. Vacation. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with ten thousand dollars. Yep. But I'm surprised that this just now came out. I think I the MLB no tried to hide. It. I think MLB kind of tried to hide of it course. because they wanted people to say, "Oh, they're doing this out of the goodness." MLB's paying guys to come on MLB Network now. I don't think players know that either. No, they're Alec Manoa. He's getting a little under the table side cash there to come on MLB Central once a week. He ain't doing that because he likes it. <laughs> He's doing that because they're writing him a little check every week. And I think the big thing is players need to know that. Do you think players know that? No, because I said something to a player last week and they looked at me like I was crazy. Hmm. I said, well, you just let your other players know that they're being paid to come on the show. Yep. And he's okay. I'm going to pass that around. They'll Great. start. They'll start to know it. It'll be passed yeah, through the grapevine. They'll start to hear that it, they're getting money. Cause they I'm all, all about listen it. to FT live. That's why. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm all you about it. It makes everybody. sense. You know, Kratzy, imagine like Martin Maldonado the other day is catching a game and then he's mic'd up. It's still extra work. It's still an extra burden on him during the game. I mean, we know, especially for you guys, how much you're putting into it and you're preparing and all of that. And also, your mic's open, so you're probably going to speak a little bit differently as well. Uh, I, yeah, no? I don't I don't know. I've never done a live one during the game. I'm definitely going to have to go back to Fox or TBS, whoever we were on when I did the in-game mic while I was playing, see if I can get some back pay. <laughs> interest plus what i want to know about is what is this joint mlb and mlb pa account like there's this joint money where we're like or are they taking this out of some some schmucks uh you know licensing check yeah crouch you did you crouch when you got your 10 years you uh guess what um that your pension's gone down every time 10 grand because of this <laughs> yeah what what is this what is this where's this i love when they say that they're like oh yeah well we found a million dollars for the all-star game home run derby where's this coming from like there's some dude that gets a half a year of service that's waiting for his licensing check to be like 20 grand it's actually 17 because we paid aaron judge who's making 390 million dollars 10 grand to talk for 10 minutes on on air like that's very that's very MLB and MLBPA to have some joint account that we don't know about. I think we do know about it, and also the money is pretty much infinite. 
I don't think they want it to should, be. Yeah, I don't think anybody should be fooled ever. There's plenty of money to go around for anything. It's just a matter of if they want to do something or not. Do you think go more get a possum players? Cage. <laughs> no, 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 no. Are well, possums endangered species in, in Oak? Like, why can't we get? Why can we not get an exterminator? Do exterminators that'll come over to your house and humanely because take the they possum don't want to be there. We talked about this yesterday. The Oakland A's don't want to be there. So the best way to get out of Oakland is to let quiet possums? quit and let the place become a jungle of bad baseball and animals running wild and shitting all if over If there's the not like a tiger running through the stadium next week, next homestand <laughs> for these guys. Well, Scotty it, said a bear. Yeah, put, just put a bear in the upper deck and, and lock it off <laughs> and just have a live bear and, throw, and the Ace fans can throw meat up there or something. I don't know. Focus. One more thing on this. Kip, do you think that when players find out about this, they will want to do more interviews like players in the clubhouse suddenly, especially given that half the league is on the league minimum, which of course in the real world is still a very healthy paycheck, but it's like 700 K. I mean, 10 G's is a lot, a grand or whatever it is to go on MLB. That's a lot. So when guys find out about this, do you think that they're going to raise their hand more? Do you think they're going to call their agents and say, Hey, I want to do this. You're, you're asking if, will people start to do something for money that they've been doing for free already? The answer is yes. They I will. gave you a layup. It's your second you, chance. Yes, yes, they will be. But I mean, and I'm with AJ. 10K, anything like that is not anything to sneeze at no matter what their contracts is. It's these guys assumed or have been under the premise that it was for free this whole time. And listen, they're, they're, you're afforded these opportunities during your playing career to make this kind of money. So striking while the iron hot is a big thing amongst guys and athletes especially. So if you say, hey, you can make more money doing this, people are going to listen and, and – uh, Chime in. They're going to do it. Wait, Kip, I missed all, everything you said because of your $10,000 necklace you have on that was glistening in the as you were speaking. It's fake. Oh, perfect. Yeah, but now only 10 minutes of an interview on ESPN, and that necklace is yours. And it's real. <laughs> they, people think it's real. <laughs> Keep fooling them. Hey, uh, one or two more things before we bring on Ian Happ, uh, who just signed for a lot more than 10 Gs. Brett Beatty made his debut at the New York Mets, and Mets fans were freaking out because he's one of those guys, Kratzy. He's a Joe Adele, just absolutely no, no. smashing the We don't want leagues. him to be that. No, I'm saying his <laughs> results are like that. Joe Adele right now. I'm not comparing the two players. It is a guy that it, that you're looking at the bat, and it's so damn hot, you got to try it out in the big leagues. And he's one of their top prospects. The dude can hit. Eduardo Escobar's been struggling. Beatty worked really hard in his defense in the offseason. I actually heard he worked with Tulowitzki a lot in the offseason. And he's back. He was hitting 1386 OPS. I mean, it was nine games at, at Syracuse. So Mets fans are pumped. I think they need the offense, too. That, that's been one of my things with the Mets. I mean, it's an older rotation, so you know you're not going to get 30-plus starts from a lot of your guys there. And we're already seeing that play out with Quintana and, and Berlander's hurt and Scherzer's pushed back right now. Offense, in my mind, needs to be towards the top if they want to be this powerhouse team like they think they are. And they need to have homegrown talent. And Brett Beatty is one of them. They've traded away a lot of their guys. This was a good one to keep in my mind. Yeah. I mean, this is his name was all over all over the trade deadline last year. I saw him in double A in 21. I think they had just called him up. And he's He's the real deal. And I love, I love, I love shots of energy in veteran teams. Like they essentially paid guaranteed contracts to 26 guys at the beginning of the season. And now these guys that are legit prospects, Alvarez, Beatty, guys that are going to come in and not just fill roles. They're going to come in and they're going to need to be guys. And to me, that's how you start a career for a top prospect. Get out there, throw them in. Go play your game. No, what they did is they started him in Oakland. They wanted him to feel like he was in a minor league game. <laughs> That's what they did. That was what was smart. They're on the West Coast, right? No, no he really? debuted yesterday, though. I thought it was in Oakland. Well, either way, they're in L.A. Oh, they, I thought it was LA? in Oakland. Oh, it was in L.A. I okay. think yesterday was his first game, right? Okay, I thought yeah. – sorry, sorry. I apologize. They should have. You're right. Yeah, they should have called him up in Oakland and said, hey, you're, you're playing in more fans in Syracuse than there are in Oakland. And Go it's the him. same pitching. Same pitching you've been seeing. It's a minor league club. Here you go. Easy for me to say. Here, you want want me to piss someone off here? Because this is true. Because I'm deep in the prospect scene and part of the draft. And my friends with MLB Pipeline, like Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis, at one point told me, 
Some teams would not draft Brett Beatty because of their data model, not projecting in 19 and a half year old at the time to come out of high school to become a legit prospect. I'm not even going to get into this because it drives me crazy. The reclassing. Kratz, you're in the middle of it right now with the reclassing. Uh, yes, we are. Kib, I, Kib, I don't know your child, your children's situation, but we should be you reclassed, have, however old your child is. If you have a son or a daughter, for that matter, everyone reclasses their kids. Not that I know so they, of. So they take a <laughs> same. So, so they so they take a kid, like my kid's 16. He's his right age. He'll graduate just turning 18, like most kids do. They'll take this kid and they'll reclass him in eighth grade and make him a year. And so my kid's a 2025 graduate. Mm -hmm. They'll make him a 2026. So then he grad he gets an extra year on everybody to mature, get stronger. Because the difference between a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old is huge. But then teams care. are dinging you. And teams should dig you. I think that's no, not a bad I agree. thing. Okay. Let's bring in your guy, Ken Rosenthal, right now and see if he was with you for any of those, since you can't even remember what happened to your life a few months ago. <laughs> we were talking just now, Ken, to Ian Happ about how quickly life can change, where he thinks he's getting dealt. He was listing some of the teams he thought he might have been dealt to. And we were talking about not only him, but, but Wilson Contreras. And I said, I don't remember Happ and what that situation was, aside from him having more control and still another year left. But Contreras didn't get moved either. And to me, that was one of the shocking upsets of the trade deadline last year is the Cubs didn't make any moves. That was. And I should note, guys, I don't think you heard Ian Happ tell you guys at the end, because you were kind of talking over him, that he loves the show and says what you're doing is really good for the game. So you should know that, because he said it, and you couldn't hear him. You were oh, no. hear him. You were just talking. So anyway, as for last year's <laughs> deadline, Contreras had defensive questions around him. And there was some concern some other clubs might have had because as you guys know trading for a catcher at the deadline can be more complicated than other deals because you have to mix in a catcher with your pitching staff he has to learn the pitchers it's tough to do and it's happened before it's not always the smoothest transition so combine that with the questions that were out there about him and you have a situation where the cubs just didn't get what they wanted now there was that possibility of a trade to Houston. It didn't happen. And it was a trade that was nixed by Houston. So ultimately, they came close, but never got a deal done. And I thought, because of the way that deadline went for Wilson Contreras, that he'd have a hard time perhaps in free agency. But he didn't, really. He had a great deal from the Cardinals and living happily ever after in St. Louis, although he's off to a bit of a slow start. Ken, where are you? What city? I am in the Bay Area, AJ. Okay, because I, 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 you got a full suite there. When I travel with Fox, I don't get the full, the full suite with the full kitchen bar. I gotta, man, I gotta talk to somebody there. I don't know if it's Zager or Shanks or who, but man, you got full kitchen. You got microwave. They have those at residence inns. So. All right, I don't get AJ, that. I get the, I get we'll the. What was the last I time I want Scott, I'm going to ask him a question here. I think I know the answer. When was the last time A.J. Pruszynski stayed in a residence in? Fort Myers, uh, travel baseball with my son. Boom! Every year, right, Fort Myers, here we go. travel baseball. Eric Kratz, versus, Eric Kratz is kid versus my kid. Boom! And you got All right, there it is. Yeah, but it wasn't that nice. It wasn't that nice. Maybe it was. <laughs> It's a little dark. This is one of the better ones, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is is Fox Athletic, Fair Territory. Ken's busy. He's earning his huh? money True. right now. So I, I want to mix in a fan question based on where you're at. So Vicky asked, sure. can the other MLB owners vote to force John Fisher to sell the Oakland A's? We have this community of Oakland A's fans that are starting to flock to us because we're not holding back here. And I even said yesterday, in my mind, it's a popular term, especially over the last year and a half, because a lot of people did it. And there were articles in the journal and the times about quiet quitting. I think the owner is quiet quitting so that they can move and they can show how they're not making any money and it's a disaster. So they're kind of throwing more fuel into the fire. I've asked this question before, Scott, I don't know if it was about the A's ownership. Maybe it was about another one. Basically for an owner to be voted out, he has to do something really bad. And complete negligence with the franchise, financial mismanagement, something far worse than what John Fisher is doing, believe it or not. And 
This happened with Frank McCourt. If you go way back to the Dodgers and when he was forced out, he basically was taking money out of the team and it was damaging the team. And they kind of determined that as a league. And that was that. He ultimately had to sell. I don't expect anything like that happening with John Fisher. In their minds, he's an owner in good standing, even though he's not a very good owner in terms of having his team compete. So keep in mind, he is the owner of a business, right? And while it is part of a league and a franchise in a league, he does have certain rights too. So I don't expect that anything along those lines is going to happen. What I do expect is that the Oakland situation is going to resolve one way or the other in the near future. We've been saying this, oh, I don't know, for 15 years. But it seems like finally it is coming to a head, whether it's Vegas or Oakland. Or because they're not trying. They're That's why it. they're trying to go to Vegas. I, I know. Yeah. They're going to, I mean, 2027, the Vegas A's, here we come. Vegas possums. Vegas possums, that'd be even better. <laughs> Ken, you were just in San Diego. You saw the Padres. Juan Soto, he was great when he was at Washington National. As a young kid, won a World Series, did all the things. Now he's struggling. And that's putting it nicely since he's gone to San Diego. What's behind it? And why is he complaining about the pitch clock so much? I don't know why he's struggling, AJ. I'm sure if I did, I'd be in a lot better position than I am as a mere sports writer or commentator on foul in your, territory. In your suite, in your fancy suite. In my fancy <laughs> suite in the residence in, yes. But it seems like for whatever reason – after the trade, he has not been the same guy. And you can look at the numbers. They'll tell you that. It's not even close to what he was in Washington. And the pitch clock is something that he has had to adjust to. Remember, he likes to do some things in the box, paw the dirt a little bit, kind of do his little shuffle and all that. But I don't think that's the reason he's struggling now. I don't know what the reason is. And they have a difficult decision to make. Maybe it's not so difficult. When Tatis comes back on Thursday... Where do you hit the first four guys in the lineup? How do you line it up? My expectation, and I wrote this yesterday, Tatis leading off, then Soto in the second spot, then Machado, and then Bogarts. That way, Soto's the only left-handed hitter in that grouping. They probably The opponent would never bring in a left-handed reliever to face him when you've got Machado and Bogarts right in back of him. But he has said that he prefers to hit third. Now, he also told me that he's fine with hitting second in this particular lineup, but I don't know that these things even should be worrying him so much. I, I, I know that hitters have preferences, and I do understand that, but he's got to get going, and he's got to get going whether he's hitting second or third, and right now, for whatever reason, it isn't happening. He's still walking, still has a high on-base percentage, but Juan Soto is a great hitter. He's not just a great walker, and from San Diego's perspective, they haven't seen it yet. Ken, Jason Kipnis here. Good to, uh, good to talk to you again. It's been a little bit, Great so I'm to excited to, you, to be on the uh, – with Tatis coming back, um, what's the, the team's attitude, do you think, towards him? What, is there any expectations, and are you kind of expecting Tatis will take some of that pressure off of Soto and the rest of the lineup to kind of get things back going for him? That could be, and certainly Tatis brings a certain energy. And after the game Saturday, I interviewed Jake Cronenworth, and I was asking Jake, he had two home runs in that game, about the emotion he showed after the second home run in particular, but really both of them. And he said, you know what? Tatis is coming back. He does this kind of thing all the time. Maybe it's time for me and other guys to do the same. So the question of whether he'll be welcomed back and all of that, because obviously there was some disappointment when he got the 80-game suspension for sure. violating the drug policy. I don't know that that's an issue. Remember, he was with them in spring training. That, I would imagine, has been dealt with internally. And I expect they're going to welcome his energy and all that he brings as a baseball player. My goodness, he's a terrific player. So I don't expect a problem in that regard. And if anything, I expect them to get a boost from him and then another boost at the end of the week once Musgrove returns to the rotation. This is a team that has not performed yet to expectations, not even close. But they remain extremely talented, and I just can't see them struggling for too long. What? Who's the catalyst for that team? Who's who's the catalyst in that in that lineup with everybody that you have there? You kind of you hit on Xander a little bit. You hit on Juan a little bit. Like who is that catalyst? 
Tatis could be once he comes back. Manny certainly, when he's hot, is a catalyst in the lineup and a linchpin. He has not hit well so far this year. It's, what, 20 games or whatever. I don't think he's too worried about it. But Bogarts, to me, I won't use the catalyst word, but I will use the consistency word. He has been one of the most consistent hitters in the game for quite some time now, four or five seasons, really. And he started off great. He's telling me the other day, ah, I'm not happy with my toe tap, leg kick. I can't figure out which one to use, but he's doing just fine. So it's a great question, Eric. You're kind of asking, like, who's the key guy there? I don't know that you can identify one. They're all key in their own ways. But I do believe once Tatis comes back, based on the way he is hitting in El Paso, which was ridiculous, that he will be something of an igniter for this team. Ken, you said Juan Soto is a great hitter, but since he's gone to San Diego, he looks like he's trying to get walks. There's no – he's not aggressive. He's looking for one pitch. They're ringing him up left and right. I know doing the playoffs last year against the Dodgers, he got a little more aggressive, still struggled. They're going to need him to step up if they want to do what they're hey. going to do, even with Tatis or without Tatis because he – he needs to be in the middle of that order or top of the order, wherever he's hitting, getting on base for Manny, getting on base for Xander, protecting Tatis if that's where he hits. He's the most important piece for me for the, for the Padres going forward because when they traded for him, remember, oh, my gosh, the world, they, no way they got him, right? Like they, they got Hayter, then they got Soto. They're like, it's the World Series team. Then he hasn't, he's hitting, what's he, 0 for 21? He's hitting under 200 since he's been a Padre. He's, he's the most important piece for me for the Padres going forward. AJ, that's a fair criticism that he has been perhaps too passive. And he has said he doesn't mind taking his walks. He's comfortable with that. But they need him to be more than that. And he has been more than that in the past. My goodness, go back to the 2019 World Series. He was quite the hitter in that particular environment. So, yes. Now, I would think if you ask Soto this, he would say, I have to see pitches. I have to do it this way. This is my style. And ultimately, it leads me to a good place from a hitting perspective because I'm basically narrowing the strike zone, finding where I want to be. But it's not happening for him right now. And I would imagine there are people with the Padres who would like him to be more aggressive and to go at it a little bit differently. He's going to have to find that right balance because you don't want to take his character as a hitter away from him, right? His identity as a hitter. At the same time, you want him to be the best he can be. And right now... He's still drawing plenty of walks, but he's not the best hitter he can be. Kind of the opposite, Ken, is Cody Bellinger. He kind of goes up there gangster hacking and everything. And you, <laughs> you obviously saw the pitch clock violation. I think you gave your dork of the week on fair territory to Jim Wolf or the fans or whoever you gave it to. But yeah. did you see Max Scherzer yesterday on here? He kind of did. He kind of went off a little bit. It was good to see a player say, "Hey, we need to figure this out." For moments like this, there's got. What's the best way for us to handle this situation? Or the league to handle this situation going forward. Okay, well, I wrote about this, and I also talked about it on Fair Territory. And when I gave Jim Wolf the umpire dork of the week, I did it with an asterisk. Because, AJ, there is a process in place for these kinds of moments, but you've got to anticipate them. So, when Aaron Judge steps to the plate for the Yankees for the first time this year, coming off the record after signing the contract, the Yankees had alerted the league that they expected an ovation. The league alerted the umpires. Boom, everything went off fine. No violation. There was a little bit of a delay. Great. McCutcheon returning to Pittsburgh, same thing. Pirates alert the league. The league alerts the umpires. The moment is the moment. With Bellinger, it was a little bit different. Why? Because he was a visiting player. So if you're the Cubs, are you going to tell the league, you know what, we think our guy is going to get an ovation at Dodger Stadium, so let's be ready for that. It's kind of weird, right? I mean, you're telling the league that you think the fans in the other stadium are going to be receptive to your guy. And then from the Dodgers' perspective, it's kind of the same thing. We're expecting a moment for this visiting player. It's a little more natural for them, perhaps, because they knew who Cody Bellinger was with the Dodgers, and they knew he probably would get a warm reception. But... To me, the guidelines leave a little bit of a loophole there, and that's where the process kind of fell apart. No one stepped up and said, uh, this is going to happen. Let's be ready for it. Jim Wolf didn't get the alert. Now, he should have read the moment better. I'll grant that, but they've got to be more aware, whether it's someone in the league office or someone with the teams. If something like this is about to happen and you 
basically know when these things are going to happen. We knew Cody Bellinger would get an ovation back in L.A. He was an MVP there. He was a World Series champion there. Somebody has to be on alert. And maybe the umpires need to do a better job of kind of sensing these things. But there is that process. And it wasn't followed because in this particular case, it sort of couldn't have been followed. It was just something that fell through the cracks. Was it really a big ovation, though? I'm not saying he shouldn't have gotten it because he did so much there. Was it a big ovation? Well, it's Dodger Stadium. And from what I understand, Eric, it was that usual late-arriving crowd. And the ovation wasn't what we might have thought it was based on everything that followed. The violation and the uproar over that. But that said, it's still a moment that the league, the umpires, the teams should have anticipated, should have been ready for, and it didn't happen. Hey, Ken, we are also going to give league and the CBA and players their due when they do something right. And in my opinion, we are making significant strides with making sure the best players are playing in the league every single year for so many years, and especially the Chris Bryant story. But it, it happened every year. Is this team just keeping this player down? Oh, we'll see him in two weeks when he comes up. So... Do you think that some of the changes that were made, including rewarding teams for bringing players up right from the jump, have changed the way that we view prospects? And again, we have Brett Beatty coming up this week, Zach Nito coming up this week, but even seeing opening day rosters with guys like Anthony Volpe, it suddenly isn't a conversation. I like to point out when we do remove things that were a problem that haven't been a conversation this year. That's a good point, Scott. And initially after the CBA came out, I didn't think it included enough to curb service time manipulation. But we really haven't heard much about it. And you're absolutely right. And the Mariners last year, if you remember, Julio Rodriguez makes the team, wins Rookie of the Year. And under those circumstances, if you're a top prospect and you stay with the team the whole year and you win an award of that nature, your team can get an extra draft pick. Now, it's not going to happen to very many players. There's only one Rookie of the Year award. But... It happened in that case, and it's going to happen again. So there is incentive now, finally, for teams to try to avoid the service time games that they had played in the past. It's not completely that way, and there are going to be instances where teams do hold a guy down for whatever reason, but it's better. And you're absolutely right. They do deserve credit, both sides, the league and the union, for getting it to a better place. And Come five years from now, when the CBA is up again, we'll see how this played out, whether it was enough or not enough. And I would imagine the parties will revisit it at that time. It's almost like the league starting to put its best product forward and starting imagine. to worry. Imagine that. Wow. Because <laughs> uh, not only are the best players being up now, I got to say, I'm seeing already benefits of uh, everybody playing everywhere now. So every city is going to be getting to see all these players that they're going to see on the TV now, uh, instead of waiting for every other year or even longer than that. Now you got someone, either it's a road game or a visitor's game, away game, where you're going to see every best player on every team. This is an underrated thing that yeah. is, was introduced this year, in my opinion. And first of all, there's a couple of elements to it. And you know this, guys. The reduction of games within the division from 19 to 13. That's a positive, too, because it was just too much. And in the AL East in particular, it was a huge disadvantage for a lesser team, Tampa Bay for a time, at least lesser financially, the Baltimore Orioles. Now they have a better chance facing other teams besides those in their division at a greater number. So that's one thing. But the other part of it, and the part that appeals, in my view, most to fans, is the idea that fans in every city, every other year, will see any team in the league, right? So let's take Jason's former team in Cleveland. Fans in Cleveland, there's some really good fans there. They're now going to see Mookie Betts come back to Cleveland with the Dodgers every other year. And now that's just one example. You can take any star on any National League team. Austin Riley on the Braves, Pete Alonso on the Mets. This, to me, is a very healthy development for the game. It's something that needed to happen, and it's a real positive. Can the... Speaking of superstars, Shohei Otani is the star of stars right now. The Angels had a rough weekend in Boston. It happens. When do we hit panic, and when do the Angels start thinking, maybe we can't keep him, maybe we move him, 
And Shohei was very complimentary of Boston and their fans. So what are the chances Red Sox sneak in to the Shohei sweepstakes? AJ, in my view, it's too early to discount any team for the most part. Well, the Oakland A's, the Rockies, you can maybe discount them. But a team like the (laughs) Angels, who tried really hard this offseason, they added a number of players, and they want to be a more competitive team, that's clear. I don't know that it's the appropriate time to start talking about a trade. And we can always talk about it, but I don't know that it's a relevant conversation yet because more has to play out. Now, if they continue playing poorly and if they do not show any consistency and they're kind of middling along, then it does become a conversation for sure. But even then, if they Angels were going to trade Shohei Otani, they should have done it at the deadline last year. They could have made the same type of trade that the Nationals made for Juan Soto. He had a year and a half or a year plus left before he was going to become a free agent. Now, Soto had two years plus, but Otani at that time had extreme value. At the deadline this year, he'll have value, no question. But you're getting him for two months, hopefully three, if you make the playoffs. So the return won't be the same. In that sense, the Angels have already missed their opportunity. But the way they see it, They wanted to build a team this year to persuade Shohei that we're worth sticking around for. I don't know that they've done that. They've had kind of a weird start to their season. Their starting pitching is good. They have not played defensively well at times. They have not hit well at times. I want to see more from them before I make any judgment. But certainly that question is going to linger over the Angels. And Artie Moreno, the owner, has said, we're not trading him if we're in contention. Well, duh. But the question becomes, if you're out of contention, do you at that point entertain it? And what does it look like? And if you're Boston, just to use the example you did, are you going to be in a good enough position to make that trade and justify it? Because it's going to take something to get Shohei Otani. And we don't even know if the Red Sox would stand the chance of re-signing him because we don't know if he really wants to play on the East Coast. Sneaky underrated part of the Angels this year, Ken. If you're watching them every day, I don't even forget what the numbers are. Not a lot of trustable guys in the bullpen. And I actually was thinking back, I know he's hurt right now, but they traded away Rysel Iglesias. You know, when he's on the mound, that's a reliable guy. So I just, I think that could be part of the downfall. You get to the late innings right now, I'm like, who the hell's coming out of the bullpen? That's a problem for them, you know, and they didn't spend money on it. Well, they did actually a little bit. They got Estevez and they got Matt Moore. And those guys have performed fairly well. But Scott, I'm glad you bring up Iglesias because this is, the reason this franchise can drive you crazy at times. Now, we saw them try this offseason, right? Well, why did you trade Iglesias last year? If you were going to take that approach, that competitive approach, well, because they've had an inconsistent messaging from ownership on what they're doing. And the GM, Perry Manajian, can only act on what his budget is and what the owner is directing him to do and that kind of thing. And it was just an odd trade at the time, and sure, certainly they could use Iglesias right now. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's a it's a helicopter parent yeah. ownership situation. That's no secret in the game. We know that. So Artie they're Moreno like, hey, let's get rid of the him. money. Yeah. So Ken, thank you go so on. much. What? Ken, you're in Bay Area. You never go, let me sign no, off. No, no, but go to Oakland. <laughs> no, because we've been talking about this. If you can get an interview with that possum, Ken, <laughs> you would be the best reporter of all time. Figure out where. Hey, AJ. Out. I actually am going to Oakland tonight. Not in search of the possum, but you never know what might happen, right? Yeah, so if you can get an interview, at least get a selfie with the possum, please. Like, get. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it smells so bad in that actual booth. It doesn't affect Ken. Ken's a professional. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that might. Yeah, he gets paid for the, for the kitchen, not, not for the dealing with the possum <laughs> dropping. So, Ken, good luck in Oakland tonight. We'll talk to you in a few days. Thanks, guys. And, hey, also, you can check out Fair Territory every single week. Podcast, YouTube, there it is. Episodes drop every single Monday. Latest one came out, and you heard a little bit about what he covered, including Tatis, Bellinger, and that situation for Dork of the Week. YouTube, podcast. Dude Dude of the Week, too. It's cool. Dude of the Week. Dude and Dork. I'm not going to say who Dude of the Week was. you got to tune in, and you can see it yourself. Now, time to play one of my favorite, it's not a game, segments. That's what he said. So we have a few quotes. Okay. And we're going to start with Shohei Otani, being that you just mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Shohei on Fenway. Quote, it's one of my favorite parks, so I always look forward to pitching here. 
but the conditions didn't allow me to have fun fully. Other than that, I always look forward to pitching here. And of course, Boston was freaking out. They're like, this is the one day, Mother Nature, where we didn't need you to do this. You can literally rain for 100 days straight. The Red Sox aren't doing anything this year. When Shohei comes here, please have a gorgeous 75-degree day. So some people were like, <laughs> the answer should be Sox must put retractable roof on Fenway Park now <laughs> to lure Shohei Otani over to Boston. Uh, your your thoughts on what you were saying to Ken? I don't. He had a see lot it. of good things to say. About he did it. in the he video did. of him and the kid interacting, where he signed in the autograph, and they're both laughing. It was great. I don't know that Boston's a player because, like Ken said, East Coast. He seems like he really enjoys the West Coast, closer to Japan. A lot of things there. L.A. is still the spot for me. They didn't sign anybody this offseason. Dodgers. Dodgers. Not yes. L.A. Angels. Not Angels. Sorry, I still call them Anaheim. Uh, but I just. Man, I mean, he looked great in a Boston uniform. He looked great in any uniform. Mm -hmm. But will the, is that a Red Sox plan? Will they have enough to lure him and say, hey, we can win the next – if we sign him for six years, $500 million, whatever it is. Do they have enough? I don't know. They should. They should have enough. They didn't pay Betts. They didn't pay Xander. They, you know, yeah, they paid Rafi. But, I mean, they have extra money. I My thing is, why why not – why not the Yankees? Talking to Masahiro Tanaka about playing for the Yankees, he said, growing up in Japan, you either want to play in Japan or you want to play for the Yankees. And he's, that's why Masa isn't playing here anymore. And to see the video right now that's on our screen of the Boston fans, he's going to be loved wherever he goes. He doubled his Instagram following. He is on skincare commercials. And – Sneaky, sneaky with Boston. He's the face of New Balance now. Headquarters where? Boston. I think he has PTSD from losing for so long. And this is no offense to the Red Sox, but they have a lot of roster work to do right now. They're not in a good position to win games. So I do think he's going to get massively, massively paid wherever he goes. He wants to go to a team that he can feel super confident. Like, you should be able to look at, at the odds. World Series odds, and that team should be top three or four. They should already be stacked up to win a World Series. He's just gone through losing season after losing season. In my mind, that has to be a given. I, I question – the only thing I question about Boston is if he goes to L.A., Dodgers, mm -hmm. you got Freeman, you got Betts. you got Kershaw if he's still there. Arias. You've got well, Arias if he's still there. Brewer, you've got a bunch of guys that are stars. Does he want to go to a place and be the man? The man. You go to Boston, you sign for that, you are the man. And it's different than L.A. I don't care what you say. The media in Boston is a completely different animal. And New York, too. Now, New York, you get off to a good start, they'll love you. You don't. We all know how it goes. But L.A., yeah, you kind of with Betts and Freeman and some other guys there, you kind of fly a little more under the radar, like with Trout. Mm-hmm. He's always got Trout there as a sidekick, right? You go to Boston, I know it's Devers, but there's not really that core group that can, if he gets off to a bad start, he can kind of, I don't want to say hide behind because that's not really the right word, but get comfortable before he has to be the man. You might Toasties. be the first person to call Mike Trout a sidekick. <laughs> yeah, he will not be a sidekick anywhere. He will he will be no. front and center. I know what you're saying. I know, know what you mean. I think, yeah, yeah, I'm not – listen, Mike Trout's – Obviously, him and Otani are one, two best players going. But there's that other guy for Otani, right, Kip? Like, he might enjoy were, that, though, because that means he's going to a place where he's going to win more. If there's more of those type of guys, I think that's, that's – yeah. Yeah, he wants to win, number one. Yes. I think that's what – and we he was he was enamored by Trout. He wanted to play with Trout. He has, but he didn't realize – He didn't know who Artie Moreno was. He didn't do his homework. <laughs> you didn't do your homework there. I'm serious. You didn't do your homework. You should have seen how they've run their franchise for a while. They're not a winning team. That's just how but it is. But there are also people that don't want to be the man. And I don't know Shohei well enough, and I can't speak on Shohei's personality, but there are people – that don't want to be that guy. They don't want to be Derek Jeter. They don't want to be Mike Trout. They don't want to be Bryce Harper. Like Bryce Harper I, is a star, right? He, and he wants that. 
I might combat you on though on that Mike Trout. Should not Mike Trout be a bigger star than he is? I feel like he doesn't do much of the marketing. I feel like he, for how good he is, that he will be in the storybooks uh, and the record books and all that. I feel like in terms of stardom, he's not really doing many of the commercials and all the other stuff. Well, that's why that's kind of my point. I probably misspoke when I said Mike Trout. But I mean, like Bryce Harper, he's everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Ju Judge, Judge kind of has that personality too where he's a star, but he's not out there, I feel like, at least nationally, maybe in New York, as much as he maybe could be. Tatis was everywhere when he was blowing up. Yeah. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is everywhere right now, right? Trout is not. But maybe Otani wants to hide a little bit behind a Mookie Betts, behind a Freddie Freeman. Not saying that they're comparable talents because Otani's probably better because he pitches and hits. But there are people that don't want that on them. They don't want – Mike Trout doesn't seem like the guy that wants the spotlight on him. Bryce Harper, bring, bring it, it on. Bring it. Bring yeah. it on. Tatis, bring it on when he's going good, right? The other part is, though, if you play in the playoffs like Harper just did and he stole the show many times, you're going to gain even more recognition. So Trout is not doing the commercials and the marketing. He's not interview left and right. He doesn't want to do all of that. He's in a place that's more chill. But most importantly, the team is not good ever. <laughs> so if you're never good and never in the playoffs, he's played one time. He's been in the league for I blame a Kratz. long time. I blame Kratz. Why? Didn't, they, didn't they lose to the uh, Royals that year? Or no, it was the Blue Jays. Absolutely no, they lost waxed the them. Yeah, see, yeah. I blame Kratz's team. I almost got in one of those games, and they were like, we can't. We can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> they might come back. We're, down, we're up 2-0, 10-0. Nope, not time yet. Uh, not time. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we beat we beat them in two heartbreakers for the Angels in the first two games, and then we went back to KC and just yeah put it right to them like they had they had no chat no chance right out of the gate. But it's okay if you're like I, I would go against what Kip said. Like it's okay you don't have to be out there. MLB tried to push push Trout to be the face, and I agree with AJ. He doesn't want to be the face. You can't make somebody because you're talking about personality things. You're not I talking about. I wasn't saying it like it was a bad thing. I was just saying, noticing that Trout doesn't do those things. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and I would say, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the issue with the Angels. You can say late inning relief, all this stuff, traded this guy away, Artie Moreno. They don't have a Batman. They got too many Robins. I mean, Mike Trout is Robin is. Sidekick and a Robin. He is not coming on this show. <laughs> and one day he'll talk about how, I guarantee you, how he was pissed that he didn't get to play more meaningful baseball. Otani's He's already pissed said too. it. The WBC was that flex. Both of them could not have said it more. This is the best experience of my life. This is awesome. Because they're not getting that in the regular season in August in Anaheim. Where well, as I've said... Oh, great to see everyone. You're 20 games out, but let's watch the best players in the world. As I've said to Ken, and Ken and I have had this argument on the air about AL MVP, when Trout was winning it all those years, and yep. even Otani when he won it, their last meaningful game they played for all those years was in April. <laughs> okay? And it's just the truth. They yeah. were never in anything the whole way. So let me see Mike Trout. Let me see Shohei in September where they got to win. Shohei's on the mound. And you're saying, Shohei, go out and give me seven. Trout, go out and go deep. Hit me a game-winning home run in the eighth off some team's closer they brought in to face you. Then you'll be my MVP. They're great. They're unbelievable players, Hall of Fame guys, the whole deal. But I want to see them in those situations before we anoint. Because for me, MVP, it's a whole – we are not even good. It's a whole no, other debate. We'll have plenty of time. Yeah, the show's it's a whole every, other every thing. Weekday. All right, let's go into slap hands. <laughs> You want in on that? Yeah. What do we got? Ring around, the ring around the, the Rosie. Ring around Did you want to play Rosie. Ring Around the Rosie? We added to Slap Hands. We have Kratz, AJ, and, or not AJ, Kratz, me, and, and Frasch. Um, Three-team celebration at the end. So Slap Hands version 2.0. But Kratz, why don't you take over? Kratz hats, what do you got today? Kratz hats. First, I'm going to give a shout-out before I give the Kratz hats shout-out because it's a minor league shout-out. Brett Sullivan gets called into the office where Philip Wellman, the dude that took the, took the uh, rosin bag and threw it like a grenade back in the day on his ejection, very, very classic 
gets called up after eight years in the minor leagues. Brett Sullivan, congratulations. That's a slap hands for you and your paycheck, your family, your three-year-old son. But my, my Kratz hats today, we're going when Syracuse, they were still the Sky Chiefs in this one. They went to, they actually changed it from turf. I wore another one that was similar to this, but different colors. They went to, from turf to grass, and they moved the fences back in Syracuse and ruined so many people's careers because they didn't have the light, the light short home run fences there. But Syracuse. Oh, <laughs> my, my Siri that? watch was listening. <laughs> she said she didn't understand crap. She said, I didn't get that. That happens. That happens way too often. I got to change my settings on my, on my watch. It's doing it again. Kill Siri. That w- that's what you would say. That's what I would say. That's yeah. who I would trade. I, I had to, I had, especially early on Siri days when on TV, I had the same issue. So I had to, I had to put her to bed. I had to put her to rest. She gone. Take her out back. Cause I was like, Siri, you can't talk when I'm doing a show. She would just yeah. pop up randomly. So that's the music. You got a flight to catch. Yeah, Good before luck. we go, though, uh, two things. Miggy Cabrera, 40th birthday. Way to go. Great career. Yep. Happy all birthday. And Mark Burley, anniversary of his 2007 no-hitter. He couldn't have done it without me. Those fingers were right that night. Job, 27 up, 27 <laughs> down. Thank you for picking off Sammy Sosa. Mark Burley, you never got Kipnis out, but I still love you. <laughs> hey, and if you're on the podcast crowd, uh, Jason Kipnis' shirt says Kip, so that you know what his name is. There it is. I like it. I don't want that one to sneak by. Good stuff, Kip. We'll see you next time, dude. Until next time, boys. See everyone Wednesday.